The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Amen. Glory be to God. Help me ask your neighbor to your left and to your right how market. How market or how market. If you can do it with the correct accent, please help me. I, I, someone did not ask. Ask your neighbor how market. How market. <laughs> we are halfway in the journey. Halfway in the journey. And I want to encourage anyone and everyone to get on this journey with us. You can fully enjoy. Somebody say fully. Fully enjoy everything that Jesus has obtained for you. Fully. And you don't need any man. So even if nobody wants to help you, you don't have a problem. You don't need any family. Even if you feel as if your family has abandoned you, you don't have a problem. You don't need any government. Even if you feel your government is irresponsible, you don't have a problem. All you need is God. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Glory be to God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. All you need is God. And these things we are teaching you from the word of God will help you. Come into the reality, the experience, and the enjoyment of what we are talking about. When Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago, he had you on his mind. Had you on his mind to save you and to deliver you from your sin. So you don't have to end up in hell because of your sin. But not just sin. It also includes financial prosperity. Now, there are some church denominations that don't believe that. There are Christian people that they, they, they just don't believe it to that extent. There's nothing we can do about that. And then there are some people that believe it all, but they say, ah, no, you're just scamming people, you're deceiving people. There's nothing we can do about it. Every, every man is free to believe what they want to believe. The Bible says the scriptures are not for private interpretation. So, if your own interpretation of the Bible is that Jesus did not die for my prosperity, God bless you. But you can't tell me that my own interpretation that Jesus died for me to prosper is wrong. You don't even have the right to say it. It's a prideful statement to tell me that what I'm seeing is wrong. Maybe you are the one that is not seeing it. Maybe God has granted me light that you don't have. Maybe. Particularly if I'm even enjoying the thing itself. God, I've not been broke one day in my life. And that's a statement of fact. Of course, brokenness is in levels. Maybe Dangote may call me broke. <laughs> or Bill Gates may call me broke. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, I've never been broke. So you can't come and tell me what I'm believing and what I'm saying is wrong, particularly if I'm enjoying it. Particularly if this next month of May, we're going to go into the healing dimension of, of our redemption. You don't have to be sick. Glory be to God. And, and I say these things with all respect and understanding that there are people under my voice that may be struggling financially. That's why we have themed these teachings fixing financial challenges. 
It doesn't mean that Jesus, because Jesus bought your, um, bought your poverty or paid for your poverty on the cross that life or the devil or the circumstances you are in will not afflict you with poverty. No. No. In fact, sometimes these things come to challenge whether you really believe them. And the good news is when they come, when sickness comes, when lack comes, when financial difficulties come, if you can hear and believe and understand what we are saying, you have what it takes to fight them and overcome them. Can I hear somebody shout, I overcome? Hallelujah. That's one of the reasons why we teach it. Praise God. Let me quickly move because of time, because what we want to do today is to praise God. I've already shared that um, you, you need to get a revelation that what we are saying is true. Don't be like the people that say there's nothing like financial prosperity or um, Jesus did not died for us to be wealthy. Leave them. Anyone that wants to believe that is allowed to believe that. It's their life. However, if you are interested, know that it's available. Know that it's available. And we've shown you from several scriptures that Jesus um, has made prosperity available for us. And what we are really focusing on is how you, that you have it as a child of God, as an heir of God. That statement alone is, is explanatory. You have an inheritance in Christ. As an heir of God, you can enjoy these things. How do you control them? Number one, or how do you begin to control them? Taking control of your wealth and riches. Your inheritance in Christ. By faith. By faith. And what we are saying is very simple. One reason why some Christians don't enjoy these things is they are not exercising faith towards it. Very, very basic. And all you need to do, every one of us, is to ensure that we are exercising faith towards this thing. That's how you can take control of it. If you don't lose faith control, or if you have faith control over your inheritance, you will enjoy them. So when it seems my inheritance is not manifesting in my life, I'm struggling to pay bills, I'm struggling to do what I... Check faith. Examine yourself. Check faith. Don't condemn yourself. Go and find out everything you have ever been taught about faith and start doing them. Ah, pastor, I'm doing them. Start doing them better. I don't know about you, men. I'm taking my faith to another level. As good as I'm having it financially, I'm building my faith for another level of financial prosperity because I understand it takes faith control to enjoy these things. Faith. Number two is wisdom. And I'm going to talk a bit about that again today. In fact, maybe I should start from there or continue from there. Colossians 3 verse 16. We started talking about wisdom control last week. And then I'll just say a few things about that. Then I will talk about the third control, which is praise control. That's what we want to focus on today, this Thanksgiving Sunday. Praise control. When you are a thankful, grateful, joyful, rejoicing believer. I will say that again. If you can learn 
to be in control where rejoicing is concerned. Not that you lost your job and now you are depressed. You have lost press control if you are like that. Not that you did a business deal and you lost money and now you are angry with everybody. No, you have lost press control if, you've done, if you are like that. Whatever the situation is, you still hold on to your praise of God. And I'm not just talking Thanksgiving Sunday. Bless God, you should do it on Thanksgiving Sunday. In fact, there are many, many times, particularly in growing up in these things, I will come to church when they are now talking about Thanksgiving, or even while I was pastor, I said, I've not, I will feel as if I've not really been thanking God as I ought. And then the Holy Ghost will just encourage me. Yes, you have not, but start now. Just start thanking God now. Start thanking God now. These days I come to Thanksgiving service already thanked up. Already praised up. And while I'm in service, I still want to break into another dimension. But there were times where I would come to church, ah, yeah, you've been worrying, you've been sad, you've been depressed for weeks. But then the Holy Ghost just come, don't get condemned. Take advantage of the service. Tap somebody and say, take advantage of the service. <laughs> if you can keep yourself in praise, you will be able to control your wealth and riches. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. i get into that in a few minutes. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How should the word of Christ dwell in us, somebody? Richly in all wisdom. I like that they put the word richly there. That's what we are talking about, our wealth and riches. Richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's why we sing some of the songs we sing in church. Those songs that have meaning of our redemption. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we bow. Songs that tell us about what Jesus did. The one who wore our sin and shame now clothed in righteousness. The radiance of perfect love now shines for all to see. Deliberately, we are teaching ourselves, admonishing ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and with grace in our hearts unto God. Praise God. Actually, this verse even combines both of them. The wisdom dimension of us working in our inheritance. Let the word of Christ dwell in you um, richly in all wisdom. And then the praise dimension. Of us walking in our inheritance. Glory be to God. So we said we need wisdom. We need wisdom. And specifically we said looking at the prodigal son. Please can I have my face towel? Luke 15. And we are still going to look into that. I'm going to continue this series next Sunday. Because there are still a number of things I've not shared with us. I want to share with us. We're going to continue Luke 15 next Sunday. And in Luke 15, we saw the younger prodigal son. He had gotten to a place that many Christians have not gotten. He believed in his inheritance. He was confident enough to ask the father for his inheritance. And he took possession of the inheritance. Hallelujah. Say with me by faith in the name of Jesus. This season of my life. I can't hear somebody this morning say, this season of my life, more than ever before, I am taking possession of my inheritance. Let me use numbers here. Maybe you have been enjoying these blessings of God to the realm of thousands of naira or hundreds of thousands. Do you know you can get to a point where you can start enjoying it in millions of naira? 
starts taking a higher level of possession. You can get to start enjoying tens of millions, hundreds of millions of naira, billions of naira. You can even get to the point you are now counting millions of dollars. Billions of dollars. There are people on the earth today that are enjoying wealth to the tune of billions of dollars. Higher control. He took control. Went up to his father. Give me the portion of the good that falls to me. You can't do that without faith. First of all, you must have a revelation that there's a portion of what God has that belongs to you. Then secondly, you must ask for it. Praise God. Now, let me, let me share this with you. In that story, they just said he asked. In reality, asking for it is not just talking. Faith without works is dead. There are, you talk, talking is vital, but there are things you do that shows God that, ah, this, this pastor T is serious about what he's talking about. And that's how he got control of it. But we, we read on in his story that he lost it, and it's not that he stopped having faith. What he lacked was wisdom. And the Bible told us one major part of wisdom he lacked. He was a wasteful boy. You can be a person of faith and be wasteful. And this is where fixing your challenges comes in. Fixing your challenges. So we talked talk to you about not being wasteful. And the, the, the simple thing is this. Learn to save. Have a storehouse. Have a storehouse. Please let me ask someone next to you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Ask your neighbor. Watch this. Do you now have a storehouse? Ask your neighbor. Listen to me carefully, church. This is where some people, their problems, this is why the problem remains there. Last Sunday, when Pastor T thought about having a storehouse, they did not have a storehouse. This Sunday, I'm now asking them, do you have a storehouse? Have you even taken any step to have a storehouse? Storehouse. You've got to learn to put something aside out of what comes into your hand. Or else, you run the risk of losing that thing that is in your hand. That's what we are sharing. And we showed you many scriptures about that. Genesis 41. Genesis 41. I believe verse 36. The wisdom Joseph gave Pharaoh. God gave Pharaoh a dream. Joseph interpreted the dream. And the summary was something like this. There are going to be seven years of plenty. There will be seven years of abundance. There will be seven years of provision. There will be seven years of God supplying. Then after that, there will be seven years of famine. There will be seven years where you don't have a job, like you used to have a job. There will be seven years where you don't have a business, like you used to have a business. There will be seven years where the business is not booming like it used to boom. But you don't have to suffer during those seven years of famine. Look, recession has been going on from Genesis. And let me tell you something, it will go on till forever. This is a falling world. There will always be times of plenty and there will be times of lack. You don't have to suffer because there is a recession in the land. Why are you suffering? No wisdom. This thing is simple. 
won't. What did Joseph tell him? Let Pharaoh do this. Is that verse 36? Because my, my notes have verse 34, 36. Let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. Every time something comes into your hand, those are your years of plentiful. Every time you get a salary, it's month end now. You are going to be paid this week if you've not been paid already. If you are working in a place where they pay monthly. Put something aside. That is wisdom. It's not prayer. There are people that pray. In fact, their prayer is choking God in heaven. But don't have this wisdom. And they are still broke. Because it's not prayer. That, that's not what prayer will do. Prayer can help you to understand the wisdom Pastor T is saying. Hallelujah. Wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Now, when, when you teach things like this, I can hear their voices already. Ah, Pastor, me, I don't even have enough money. I'm not, or I don't have any money. So there's nothing to put aside. Let me answer that briefly this morning, and I will go into it deeper next week. If you are that person, and this is still a wisdom solution, that the challenge is money is not coming in, something is not coming in, or what is coming in is not sufficient in your estimation to put something aside, there is a wisdom answer to that question. If you are that person, what you need is work. Again, this one too is not popular. Storehouse is not a popular thing. People struggle with it. Work is not a popular thing. Anytime, hear me and hear me very well, everybody. Tap your neighbor and say, Pastor T is talking to you. Tap your other neighbor and say, more importantly, the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. Listen to me. Anytime you assess your financial situation and what is coming in is not enough to meet what you have to, what is going out, you see the solution you need is not prayer. Please hear me very well. Hear me very well. I'm going to sound as if I'm against what people do, but if you, after a while, it's not prayer you need. You need work. Now, you can pray for work. But all the prayer in the world will not solve that problem. You need to go and work. You need to go and work. Or you need to do more work. More work. More work. That's all. That is the wisdom to handle that situation. And if you are here, you are saying, hey, I've been trying to get work and nobody is giving me. It simply means you need skills. We, we can keep going. There's an answer to every question. A wisdom answer. Why are they not employing me or why don't I have something to do? If they do employ you, employ yourself. I can't find work. If you're that guy that can't find work, what it means is you don't need prayer. You need skills. You need to go and learn something, acquire something that you can do for people. That you know how to do that, they will employ you to do it for them. Or even if they don't employ you, you employ yourself and you do it yourself. The lady that I'm glad is I stand no, she's not working for anybody, she has her own business. Why does she have a business where people are paying her money? She has skills. All these things, are, they're all wisdom solutions. If nobody, if, if, if Pastor T, no church wants you to come and preach on Sunday morning, Pastor T, that means your preaching needs to be better. Go and work on your preaching. 
You mean tell me T.D. Jakes to come to town and you'll be looking for church to preach? Talk to me, somebody. Eh? T.D. Jakes came to Nigeria and he's looking for church to preach. Two years before he came, they've already booked him. Why? Skill. Now, Pastor T can go to America and nobody invites him. That tells Pastor T that, hey, they don't know you yet. Now, Pastor T can pray for the skill to come. And several other things. It's not only prayer. But where there is no work, it's a manifestation of absence of skill. Praise God. Where there isn't sufficient income, it's a manifestation of absence of work. Look for more work. We are doing more work, for example, in this church. Last year, we gave ourselves a target. Last year, two years ago to last year, that we want to be touching 5,000 people every week. In the press of us doing that, God increased our income. It's simple. It's simple. Work. Work will always bring in money. Spiritually, naturally. When I saw that, I said, let's do more work. Watch what's going to happen in this church. You said our income is going to increase. And other blessings will increase as well. If we do more work, oh. In fact, there's no even if. I'm here. We are going to do the work. The only question is whether you are going to be part of it or not. That one everybody can decide. But that the work will not be done for where? I was doing some work yesterday. When I finished, God told me, church work. That you see, in fact, this is how God told me. That don't worry. That this church, that you did this thing. Ah, don't worry. God talks to me like that. That you did this thing. Forget Walk. That's all. Not prayer. Walk. It is abuse or misuse of prayer to not walk and be doing all night prayer meeting and believing God for money. You will pember. I'm not against all night. We're having all night this Friday. And we will pray in that all night. But when we pray like that, we are praying that God should give us more work. Then we do the more work. Is somebody here with me? And sometimes to be able to do that more work, because to do the work someone must give it to you, you have to acquire more skills. Pastor T, the anointing on your life needs to be better. The preaching needs to be better. The way you organize the church, everything, as you do more, 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 more work will come. There are at least 20 million people in Lagos. Less than 5 million of them go to church. There are 15 million people that whether they know it or not, they need a pastor. They just need a more skillful pastor. They will come. And when you do more work, there will be increased financially. Praise God. So you see these things have nothing to do with Buhari? Because somebody may sit down there, it's because of Buhari, that's why I don't have work. No, you are lying. I will answer that next Sunday. It has nothing to do with Buhari. Now, Buhari may contribute to it, but in spite of Buhari, you can still prosper. Can I hear loud? Amen. Praise God. Come on, lift your hands this morning. Say with me, I'm getting wiser and wiser. I can't hear you say, I'm getting wiser and wiser. And the wiser I get, the more of a control I have on my wealth and riches. It's not difficult. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Now, let's talk about praise control. Because that's what I want to focus again today, on, on today. Praise. I can control the manifestation, my enjoyment of these riches by handling my faith better, controlling my faith better. I can control it by becoming wiser. Just becoming wiser. When I say I don't have enough income, I should just try and increase my work. And when I say I'm having challenges increasing my work, I should try and increase my skills. 
And I can go on and on and on. There's a wisdom answer to every question. You can control your wealth through wisdom. You can also do it through praise. Joel chapter 1 verse 12. Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. The vine has dried up. The fig tree has withered. The promegranate tree, the palm tree also, the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. That is serious financial challenge for a farmer. No job, no money, no business, no income. Everything has dried up. And I wonder how many people are in that situation. The good news is you don't have to lose hope. It tells us the answer. When everything has dried up, look at what Joel now said. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Now, on the surface, you will think what he's saying is that because there are no jobs, the fig trees are dry, the people are depressed. And that is true on a level. That is true on a level. The challenge sometimes or the natural response when things go dry in our lives is that we get depressed. Joy gets withered away. And many people fall into that trap. And you'll see that as we go on. But on a deeper level, he is really telling us that because they are not full of joy, things have gone bad. Now, you may not see that very clearly in Joel chapter 1. But when you read Habakkuk chapter 2, you will catch the wisdom of God here. Habakkuk chapter 3, sorry. Habakkuk 3 and 17. Habakkuk also de um, describes the same situation, the same condition. Habakkuk 3.17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, though there is no fruit in the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls. In other words, everything is dry. Bank accounts, dry. No job, no business. Economy, dry. The same thing Joel described. But watch what Habakkuk now said. Yet, I will rejoice. Tap somebody beside you and say, take control, take control, take control. Take control. Tell somebody he hasn't understood yet. He hasn't understood yet. Say, take control, take control. So when Joel said, surely joy has withered from the... From the um, joy has withered from the sons of men. Really on a deeper level, he was saying this. They have not taken control of the adversity of their situation. Adverse situations can come. They will always come. Recession will always come. There will always be seven years of lack. It has been going on from, there will be times where the money is not flowing like you want it to do. The question this morning is, when those times come, do you know how to take control? And there are only two options. You can do like the men in the days of Joel and surely allow joy to depart from you. May that never be your story in Jesus' name. Or you can learn from the wisdom that Habakkuk is giving us. Everything is dry in my life, Habakkuk said. Yet, yet, I'm not going to allow this in ruin my life. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Verse 19. 
The Lord is my strength. I love the Bible. The Bible always tells us why we should do what it tells us to do. If you study Isaiah 58, I didn't have time to go into that this morning, and we've preached it a lot in this church, you will see why you should fast. And you will see the foolishness of not fasting when you have the opportunity to fast. Here again, he's telling you why you should rejoice. Why should I rejoice even though everything is dry? This is the answer, verse 19. Look at it very closely with me. The Lord is my strength. Glory be to God. That's why I'm going to rejoice. God is the answer. Even though everything is dry right now, God has the solution. Say with me, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me to walk upon my high heels. Glory to God. When I rejoice in him. Praise God. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to believe God. There is nothing wrong with believing God. You see, this is amazing. The Bible always gives us, that's why I teach two, three, sometimes three, four, five things. And you need to learn to do all of them. Start with one. Notice he didn't say, I'm just going to go and learn wisdom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. And as I'm doing that, the strength of God... Let me use the phrase we've been using. The anointing of God will come upon me. Glory be to God. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Habakkuk and Joel were facing a serious financial mess. But Habakkuk told us what to do. Why should I praise God again, Pastor T? Habakkuk already gave us one. Let me give you three more reasons. So that as you are dancing today, and as you are singing today, and as you are rejoicing today, you'll be telling yourself why you are doing what you are doing. Particularly if you are in a financial mess. Particularly if you are in a financial mess. I told you something at the beginning of the year. Please, when we preach these kind of things, we are not talking to the Donald Trumps in the room or the Dangotes in the room. Primarily, this message is not for someone that doesn't have a financial problem presently. No. Primarily, this message is for that guy that is struggling to pay his rent. And you don't have to move, move too much. Nobody has to know I'm talking about you. That guy that is struggling to pay his children's school fees. That guy that is business, he's having challenges. That guy that has lost his job and he doesn't know where the next income is coming from. You are in a financial mess in case it hasn't dawned on you. You are in a time of famine. You are in your own seven years of lack. Your seven years of, of abundance has come and gone. And I don't know whether you practice wisdom of saving and storing up enough to cover for the seven years of lack. But there is good news even if you didn't do that. One thing you can do when you are in a famine <laughs> is to rejoice in the Lord. God always gives us different ways. Perhaps you are still struggling with faith. And perhaps it's too late for you to start saving. I mean, if you, are in day, if you are in year two of your seven years of famine and you have not been saved before, you, it's too late. You can only save ahead of the next one. But bless God, one thing you can do this very hour, hallelujah, is to rejoice in the Lord your God. And I'll tell you one more thing. If I were you, if I were you, my joy would be the highest in this room. If I was broke here, 
the way I will praise God, eh? Hey, yeah. Now, I'm not broke. Oh. But even that one, the way I will praise God. But if I were broke, yeah. Ah, yeah. That heaven will not know somebody is praising him today. And I'm not just talking church, oh. Because I found the answer. And that's all I can do. I can show you the answer. And I can model living the answer before you. So I'm not talking to the people that are doing okay financially. It's fixing financial challenges. Primarily, we are talking to people that are having financial difficulties. But the good news is that God wants to help you. Can I hear a loud amen? And I tell you, like I told you from day one, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You can walk out of this service and all your financial problems are resolved. And this is how to do it. Rejoice in the Lord. Let me show you three more things and then we start. Praise God. Why should I rejoice in the Lord? Habakkuk said, it's my strength. It's my strength. When I rejoice in him, it will, it will put me upon my high places. It will cause me to inherit or walk in my inheritance. That's what Isaiah 58 said. Talking about fasting, he said that I will cause you to hit the heritage of your father Jacob. Cause you to ride on your high places. Eat the heritage. Habakkuk shows another way to get there. Fasting and prayer can get me there. Rejoicing in the Lord can get me there. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Why, why should I praise God today, Pastor T? My, my, my fig trees are dry. My animals have been cut out from the store. I've not had a job in the last six months. I've been wanting to work. Nobody has given me work. And you have not yet learned the wisdom of developing skills so that you are just irresistible. We'll talk about that one next week. But why should you praise God when you're like that? Because God deserves the praise. Apart from the fact that it's your strength and it promotes you, God deserves it. You will be a thief not to be praising God. I want that to sink in. You will be a thief, you will be a robber not to be praising God. God deserves the praise. Revelations 5.12, we've studied this over and over and over again. Worthy is the lamb that was slain and he listed the things that, that he did for us. But please, I want to point your attention to the first word in that verse or the first word, the part we are reading. The latter part of Revelations 5.12, worthy. You missed that word, you've missed everything. Thank God he has received power for us. Thank God he has received wisdom for us. Thank God he has received glory for us. Thank God he has received riches for us. But please, catch this. He is worthy. He is worthy. God deserves the accolades. You miss that, you have missed everything. You miss that, you have missed everything. You miss that, you have missed everything. In spite of your financial messes, oh, God deserves the accolades. Worthy. And I'm telling you, child of God, sometimes that's all you need. Just for you to recognize that, oh, though I've not had a job in a while, though I don't know I'm going to pay the rent, God deserves my praise. Look at the other scripture we have, we, we, we've shared from in this series, Psalm 112. Look at the way it starts. Psalm 112, verse 3 tells us, wealth and riches shall be in our house. Come on, somebody lift your hands and declare that by faith with me. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. I will give you another chance. Someone didn't open their mouth. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. One more chance for anybody and everybody that is interested. Lift your voice. Shout the loudest you can. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Anyone that doesn't want it, their business. But as for me and my household, we will not be struggling to pay rent. 
will not be struggling to eat. And when you have wealth and riches, you can do these things. But look at the first thing he said, verse 1. Praise the Lord. You miss that, you miss the entire psalm. Praise the Lord. That's how we started the psalm. Then he was now telling us the benefits of praising God. Your children will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in your house. But never mispraise the Lord. God deserves the praise. When your life is talking like, sounding like, looking like, smelling like, God doesn't deserve praise. You are in trouble. And you are already losing control of what God has in store for you. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. That's why we call it a thanksgiving service. One objective, one desire, one mission, one assignment. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? He is good. In spite of your joblessness, God is good. In spite of your lack, God is good. In spite of the financial challenges, God is good. In spite of the fact that you are, you are neck deep in debt, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's what you'll be saying like Habakkuk when you are in financial mess. I am the redeemed of the Lord. In spite of all my challenges, I will praise God. I will rejoice in the Lord. He is my strength. And he will cause me to ride upon my high places. I am declaring it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Then all through the psalm, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. He kept making this statement. And I hope somebody in this house will listen very well, well this morning. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men, oh, that that guy that is as broke as chalk will give thanks to the Lord. That that guy that is in the biggest financial mess, oh, I wish he will give thanks to God. He should take his eyes off his mess, like Habakkuk said, he should take his eyes off the challenges and praise God. See, when you begin to praise him, he gives you control of your wealth and riches. Hallelujah. We praise God because he deserves the glory. Number two, in addition to what Habakkuk said, why should we praise God? It is God's will. It is God's will. And that is so apt concerning what we are talking about. We are talking about taking control of your inheritance. I told you the Bible is God's will, will, will. When a rich man dies, he leaves a will. What is inside his will is assets. That now that I have gone, please catch this. It's very simple, but if you don't catch it, you can trip over it. Now that I'm no longer, you, my children, can enjoy what I have. That's what that young boy did. Give me the portion of the will. Give me the portion of my inheritance. And the Bible tells us, please catch this. It's very, very interesting. Thanking God. Is the will of God. Of course, it's a, another application of the word. But check this, check this, check this, check this. Are you with me? It means if you are not thanking God, you are not in the will. 
may you never be outside God's inheritance for your life. Now, there are two wheels here. There is will as in my intention. There is will as in my riches, my wealth. But I want to put them together. Just as somebody that doesn't praise God is not doing God's intention for him. I'm telling you, if you are not praising God, the riches God has for you, you can't enjoy them. So the Bible tells us it's God's will for us to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And in verse 16, he admonished us, rejoice always. Rejoice always. H.O.P., start getting ready for me. Third reason why you should give God thanks or you should praise God. Third reason this morning why you should praise God. Every time. Can somebody say every time? Say it like you understand what I'm saying. Say every time. Every time we praise God, God shows up for us. <laughs> praise the Lord. Every time we praise God, God does what? When is the time you need God to show up most? Is it not when you're in trouble? Huh? That's when you need God to show up most. So you need to learn that the more challenges I have, the more I give God praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. New King James says it this way, Psalm 22 verse 3, God is enthroned on our praises. When we praise him, he shows up. Glory be to God. Rise up on your feet this morning. When you praise him, he does what? How many people need God to show up for them in their finances? Talk to me, somebody. When you praise him, he what? He shows up. Now, you don't have to be in trouble to get God to show up. In fact, my own wisdom is be praising God in advance. So before the trouble comes, God is already there. Can I hear a loud amen? You don't have to be getting yourself to a place where you need restoration. No. Understand that when I praise God, he shows up. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let me read verses 20 and 21 to you as we get ready to praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Can somebody give the Lord a loud shout of praise in this house? Second Chronicles 20. And verse 20, if you know the story, about six nations had come to attack Judah. Jehoshaphat was the king. And they prayed and sought God's face. And God gave them an amazing battle strategy. That they should put singers in front of the army. Verse 20 says, when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Say with me, I'm one of those... That will sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness. Say I'm one of those. Who will praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army. And they were saying. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. The same thing the psalmist was telling us in Psalm 107. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. And verse 21 says this. When they began to sing. Oh hallelujah. I want to read that to somebody's hearing again this morning. When they began to sing. When they began to sing. Could this be the reason why your problems have been staying? You have not yet begun to sing. You have not yet begun. I know you come for Thanksgiving service. I know you come to church regularly. But could this be the answer? Again, everyone examine yourself. 
when they began to sing uh, and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir. And God discomfited the enemy for them. I pray over somebody this morning. Everything that has represented a problem in your finances. As you begin to magnify God this morning. May God set ambushments against them. In the name of Jesus. God always shows up when we praise him. Leave those hands somebody. Begin to praise him this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.